Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. W-I-L-K. And by that uh, signature song, you know it's time for U.S. Senator Pat Toomey to do our show. Hi, Pat. Hey, Sue. How are you? I'm doing very, very well. I guess we'll start with the events in North and South Korea, your perception of what you think might be going on here, although a lot of us have reservations about everything and we don't get too excited. What did you think about uh, that meeting today? Um, you know, uh, put me in the category of deeply skeptical, um, but, um, hey, um, it's, it's, I don't see anything that's bad news, right? Uh, the fact that uh, that they're talking, the fact that the North is choosing that they want to look like they're being very conciliatory, uh, none of that is bad. Um, my guess is the North is playing for time and money, and that they are very unlikely to actually give up any nuclear uh, capability that they have. But there is a chance that we could, through a combination of um, existing sanctions, the threat of more, and, and discussions, that we might be able to effectively freeze their program where it is, and uh, that would uh, that'd be better than them continuing to refine and improve their uh, ability to uh, you know to, to launch nuclear missiles. So, so let's see, let's see how it plays out. Do you think that this might be based upon uh, financial neediness in some way, shape, or form? Because uh, you seem deeply skeptical too. Do you think that they're on hard times and they just uh, want some cash or what? Not, not really. You know, last year the North Korean economy grew by three percent. You know, that's 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 tremendous growth for an economy that is as backward and is supposed to be subject to crippling sanctions. My guess, and I don't know what the combination is, but it is some combination of a perception um, that the U.S. might get more aggressive, that that China has gotten more cooperative with us and less cooperative. The Chinese may be putting pressure on the North Korean regime that we're not aware of. Um, Sanctions uh, are certainly certainly putting some pressure on them, but as I said, their economy was able to grow. Um, It's hard to know. You know, that's an opaque uh, regime. We don't have good human intelligence. We don't, you know, we, we, we have some signal intelligence, but it's, it's hard to know. In terms of uh, President Trump possibly having uh, a meeting with Kim Jong Un, what do you what do you think about that? Uh, what, what is that something that you believe will uh, bear some sort of fruit? Or you know, I know how you feel. I, I feel the same way. Are we being played in some way, shape, or form? Well, I think that's what um, that's what Kim's uh, objective is. I think it's to play us. Um, but that doesn't mean we uh, have to fall victim to that. So, uh, you know, I was glad to see Mike Pompeo uh, visiting with him. Pompeo's a very sharp guy. Mike is uh, very knowledgeable, very thoughtful. Uh, he, 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 you know, his role as a, 
head of the CIA, the guy who was personally given the briefings to the president. I mean, he, he knows this stuff very, very well. You've you got to wake up too early in the morning to try to fool Mike Pompeo. That's not going to happen. So we're going to go into this, hopefully extracting some in, important confessions before the president even sits down, which is, I think, the right approach. It's a big victory for Kim to have a one-on-one meeting with the president of the United States. He should have to pay a price for that. And I think, I think we will get him to pay a price for that. Let's talk about uh, some other things. This morning it was announced uh, that the gross domestic product stands, uh, for now, at 2.3% for the first quarter, and we know that's subject to revision and change. The projection was uh, 2.0. What do you think about this number? Yeah, you know, first of all, it's preliminary. So, you know, it will be revised, and we don't know how much, nor do we know in which direction. But it's not far from expectation. It is, as you point out, a little above uh, what the consensus was. And for some reason that I don't think has been well explained yet, uh, for years now, the first quarter has been the slow quarter of the year. And even seasonally adjusted, it comes in low. So, so I don't think we fully understand that, but that's been the pattern. Uh, I think that this that number is still consistent with a full-year economic growth number over 3%. And if we do, in fact, have a full year of over 3% growth, then I think we will see wage increases and a further decline in the unemployment rate. We will see more jobs, and um, it, it'll, be, it'll be good news for Pennsylvanians. Pat, your phone, so is a, yeah, your phone is a little bit muffly. Can you kind of uh, do a readjustment on it so we could hear you? Sorry, is that any better? It's a little better, and uh, I'm very picky about phone calls. It's just in my nature. Uh, in terms of uh, what this means with the, the backdrop of the tax cuts, you're saying that in the future we might see some uh, wage improvement. Are, we're seeing a little bit of that already, and I think that there are some signs of encouragement, although some people have said, uh, how could this possibly have momentum? I, I think that you're right. If, if things continue to go the way we're going, how can we not have continued momentum, right? Because there'll be competition for people wage-wise if things do get better. That's exactly right, and it is already occurring. There, it's, it's modest, but I think it's likely to grow. You know, we've got an unemployment rate of about 4% nationally, a little bit higher in Pennsylvania, but not that much. And uh, there's going to be more demand for more workers. That is going to put upward pressure on wages, which is a great thing. So I, I think, as I said, I think the big takeaway from the number this morning is this is consistent with a strong year of economic growth and upward pressure on wages over the course of this year. So I, um, I see nothing that is discouraging about it. We have a gas prices rising, though, to over $3 where we are. We know they're not the same across the country. Sometimes we get higher prices than elsewhere. What might that mean in terms of the economy overall? Well, you know, it, it, it could be that it's specific to the uh, recent um, specific and, and only specific to the recent hike in oil prices. You know, oil prices have kind of surprised uh, a lot of us with the uh, increase that we've seen in, uh, in recent months. It is possible also that we're going to have a more generalized increase in inflation. I've kind of been expecting this for a while. Maybe this is part of that. Uh, it's not that broad yet. That is to say, price increases and, and inflation generally hasn't really taken hold broadly yet, but, but certainly this is a spike in gasoline prices. Sometimes that's an early indicator. Um, again, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see. 
Um, but um, I, at least I'm hopeful that we're in an environment where wage growth will more than offset price increases. That's, that's what we've got to hope for, and I think that's likely. Yesterday, we saw uh, President Trump's nominee to head the VA withdraw his nomination, Dr. Ronnie Jackson. And uh, a lot of people are looking at these cabinet pick situations with a lot of curiosity because they say, here is uh, somebody who served several administrations, several presidents admirably. But when it comes time for uh, this nomination to happen, all of a sudden there's a you know, there's all kinds of facts that, that come out about this person. We realize that heading up the VA is a very, very uh, difficult job because of the amount of, of people that that secretary oversees. So what do you, how do you see this situation? Yeah, so the first, my first reaction was I was quite surprised, to be honest, because you're right, the VA is an enormous bureaucracy. It is a vast hospital network, the biggest one in America. Uh, tens of thousands of, of uh, employees. It is a big, complicated operation to run, and this 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 man, uh, despite a a lot of impressive credentials as a as a physician, it wasn't clear to me that he had the administrative and the managerial experience to run uh, something as vast as the VA network. Having said that, right, so I had a question that I wanted to explore about his managerial skills for this particular job. But i got to tell you, these allegations are very bothersome to me because they're totally unsubstantiated. Um, Senator Tester comes out with a, a long list of charges. We don't know who made these charges. Why doesn't someone come forward and, and um, uh, show their face? say their name, and, and tell us what, what they saw and when. Instead, we get these anonymous accusations that are completely unsubstantiated. And th- you have to pause for a little bit and say, well, well, given the amount of service and the praise that he got for his service of President Obama and President Trump, isn't it a little odd that this just comes out now? So I'm not sure what to make of that, but I do worry that there it does have an element of this um, you know the character assassination that goes on sometimes when when people are nominated to uh, to serve the administration. Certainly, somebody who is a physician to several presidents, you would think would have a very high amount of government clearance and a lot of eyes on that person, right? That's exactly right. Right. So that's why this is all. You know, this is why I, I approached these allegations, especially since they're anonymous. With some skepticism, um, it's 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 bothersome. This week, uh, there was a release from your office about your bipartisan work with other senators, and I think it's it's worth talking about, Pat, because a lot of people probably see you as a, a very conservative Republican guy, which you are, but you have the ability to actually work well with others, and I think that that sounds like something off an elementary school report card, but at the same time, it's kind of a feather in the cap in this day of uh, harsh partisan politics that you can reach across the aisle and work well with people. Well, I appreciate that. You know, I, I am a conservative, and I don't apologize for it. Uh, but there's a lot that we can do that doesn't have an, an, an ideological component. Uh, there's a lot of things that we can do that, um, you know, just make good sense, teaming up with members of uh, the Senate from the other side of the aisle to fight this opioid crisis. You know, what's ideological about that? That doesn't have to be a Republican versus Democrat. That's about finding solutions. Uh, 
uh, working with uh, Senator Casey to fill vacancies on on the bench. Uh, yeah, you know, he probably prefers you know people with a, a different orientation than than I do when it comes to their judicial philosophy. But we, you know, we can. We, we've got to find a way to reach a compromise, find acceptable people to, to both of us and to most Pennsylvanians and, and get these vacancies filled. And, and we've done that. So, you know, I see that as part of my, a really important part of my role, too. Uh, I'm not going to give up my conservative principles. I'm going to work to find where there's common ground. And I, was, I appreciated being recognized for that. Very nice. And, uh, Pat, anything else uh, from your, your side of the phone call before we let you go for the day? Well, I would I would just say one really good development this week in Washington was the confirmation of Mike Pompeo as Secretary of State. Uh, Mike Pompeo is a he's a terrific guy. Uh, graduated first in his class at West Point. He served his country. He served in Congress. He's been CIA director. Very thoughtful, knowledgeable, great demeanor. The president listens to him, and he's going to give the president really good advice. Senator Pat Toomey, always our pleasure to have you on the show and talk about goings-on in Washington. So thanks for joining us once again for a wide-ranging discussion. We sure do appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Sue. Sure thing. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.